Hey guys, it's the Modern Mama here and welcome back to part two of last week's great episode where we were with our special guest, Sir Jean, and she was asking us a bunch of dope ass questions and very real responses were given. We uncover what it means to be a mom, what it may look like for each woman, and the different possibilities of how you can get your vagina cut. Isn't that so much fun? (laughs) Well, let's get right back into the episode, part two on why they cut your pussy. Um, Because I'm really into like uh, researching like the future and like the We technically already have designer babies. Um, yeah, you can pick out the sex. You can pick out their hair color, their eye color. There's even some, I guess, rumors or myths that you can maybe enhance some things. Or like, if your baby was like um, had a genetic mutation, that you can have it removed. Oh, yeah, with the new machines. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of very weird things happening. I I mean, if y'all haven't been able to notice already, <laughs> I'm team leave shit the way it is. Right. <laughs> like, what the heck? And um, I guess... I know, because this this topic is so big. Like, you know, lately we've already been seeing in the news, it's like already a war on women. Mm -hmm. I was going to kind of bring up uh, Roe versus Wade situation. It's like, they don't want people having abortions, but they want to create these babies. Uh, And the machine. And it's just, it makes sense, though. Like, for this country or others to want to do that, because the point of a lot of these corporations is for people to just work and a lot of us a lot and i'm when i say us i mean like moms a lot of us we got pregnant and said fuck work because my baby is more important having this family is more important and so a lot of women are saying i'd rather just stay at home and that's a problem especially uh just in general, I mean, they just want more people working. And so what's a better way and who's a better market to try to target than that very inspiring working woman? You can still do the things that you want. You don't have to change your body. Look at all the things that you don't have to experience and you still get your baby. Yeah. 
Like how how cool does that sound? You know, like I don't have to I don't have to gain weight. I don't have to deal with any of the complications or feelings of pregnancy, but I still get the reward. And that to me is I don't know. It, it's interesting, right? Because like all the wonderful things that you told me about your pregnancy, all of that would be erased, you know? It would just like, be, it right. cease to exist. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's, that's, that's the beautiful part about being pregnant. To first, the this moment you feel that little baby move, it's like it it you it becomes real. It's like whoa, like you're really in here now, you know. And it's such a there's, and uh, is no one gonna talk about? This is already a country and a world of unstabilized people. Are we really gonna give people the ability to see their baby in front of them when a lot of people are forgetting to feed their dogs? People are willingly killing the kids that they have already because they looked at them. You mean to tell me that someone out here is not going to just go into an angry rage and just kill a bunch of these pod babies? Like, and if, you know, and then, and then we have to talk about, is it abortion if I unplug the pod baby? Like, what if my power goes out? Like, what happens then? Does the pod baby have generation? think of that wow yeah. you know like can i have twins in this pod baby will they technically be twins oh man like what happens to siblings now if a disaster happens the baby's done for right you know and then and then it just you know like we said before man leave the shit how it is <laughs> I'm not sure of how many more movies I can take of them literally telling you what will happen if you start fucking with genetics. Okay. And you just, you don't know what you're growing in there. Like, all the hormones, I'm assuming a lot of hormones would be missing. All the connection is gone. Like, you don't know what that thing is. It's, it's not, right. Because then you have to start thinking, what, what, what makes a human a human? And if you think that, oh, having a soul makes you human, human, does this mean that this is a soulless entity? Uh, like, right, you can design it. Right? right, like, does it have a spirit? Like, can it feel things? Is this now a robot? Like, how does it have these connections? And how does, I mean... Right, and if you can design babies, that means, you know, the crazy families... <laughs> Okay, and not even just that. I, I didn't even think about that. For people who fetishize over certain ethnicities or skin colors, will there be people just breeding out brown babies because they want to and then they want... What if they produce slavery again? But it's like, well, these babies are made dumb. Like, what happens now? Like, it, it starts off so innocent you know like it starts off like well the people who can't have babies and maybe this is too controversial for me to say on my podcast my podcast still new i don't want to get canceled already or anything you're so right like if you can just purchase one of these pods and purchase an egg and make your own little thing what about serial killers who are just gonna stuff them in their basement oh my god there's just so you know and it's just like you can create your own army uh, you know, okay, and they're already looking for people like that. 
I mean, Stranger Things gave us way too many ideas already. And so it just, I think at the end, it, it like we said, it, it starts off really good. It's like, okay, you know, there's really people who can't have kids and really, and then hold on, I even thought about another thing. We was fiending to try to tell people to stop having kids because there's too many people in the world. How do we control population if that happens? Yo, you're so right. Like, yeah. what do we do then? We just end up with too much people, and then, and then what? And then you know how undocumented people? Okay. Why? How do you know? And would these people just be citizens in whatever country that they happen to just pop out in? Like, I, this... Like, do we have global citizenship now? Because I'm a pod person. I'm a pod human, so I don't. I don't belong to one thing. Like, what happens for real? Like, what is happening? <laughs> okay, wait until they make the, the pods uh, affordable. Oh, okay. Like, no, really. I you now you just sparked another thing. What if I want to go on vacation? Do I just leave my pod there charging and it feeds itself? <laughs> like what? Like, can I leave? Because they're talking about, oh, you don't have to, you can just move around and do anything you want. Yeah. For how long? They're going to create like some weird automatic selfie here, but like. Right, like this. Like, the dog just eat? <laughs> right, no, really. What if my, what if an animal comes and eats my baby? Like, what do I do? Yeah. Like, do I go to jail for negligence? This is child abuse. When they rob your baby. <laughs> Oh my goodness, yeah, this is it's bad. <laughs> it's just a no for me. People like Elon Musk, and I'm trying to make people live on Mars. Ship them to Mars. Okay, and then imagine now they have even a they have more of a reason to want to ship like these babies or whatever the podlings off to like Pluto or something because you know like what if you can do something where they can last longer in space so now you're not sending like your astronauts you're just sending a pod like we don't really at the end of all of this I think. <laughs> that there's too many crazy people in this world for us to leave them with that many options. Yo, with all these tragedies that we just mentioned too, which are like blowing my mind right now, what do you even think about the most craziest one? Uh, the one that would relate to us the most. Like, how do you think they would treat women after that? This is going to be beyond hands me tail. Because well, I, I, well, I had a baby. I made my own baby. Right. I did it. I need you. Oh man, I'll shoot him. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> but I would have to. I would have to. <laughs> it's getting crazy. Yeah. That is. What if, like, what if the normal pregnancy, uh, you know, actually going through it becomes, like, such a weird phenomenon now? Like, it's, mm, like, it's like, oh, you had a. You, right. Wow. wow. Like, people look at you like, wow, you actually did that to yourself? Like, damn. <laughs> no. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's crazy. 
It really is. And that's what's scary. Because this is, mind you guys, this is just their ideas. Just Oh no, that's, a, that's exactly what I was about to say. Like, this is the idea that they showed us. That means they already did it. Yes, they did that with, but there, there was a report in China that they actually did it with a human, but they didn't tell them. And you know, uh-huh, they said that they did. You know the mother, sorry y'all, but come on. Even in Stranger Things, shit was popping off over there. They always, people are always doing stuff. And then remember, and then uh, I also follow like a lot of like the artificial intelligence stuff. I just know they're gonna be a robot baby. I just know it. Oh, of course. Oh my goodness. It's just, and then it makes me think about like pedophiles. This we already have a large sex trafficking problem. Imagine now that we can just create robot kids for just these people to have and enjoy. I just. I don't know. Right. Ugh. Oh my god. And like, and one thing I we haven't even talked about. People still getting their social security taken off the damn internet. What if somebody take my baby's DNA and like make my baby and I don't know? Now I gotta. Now I have my baby somewhere and they're doing something that I didn't authorize or whatever. Gosh, they're gonna yeah. Like, what happens? Like, it's just, yeah. It's a no for me. Sorry. I'm going to have to vote no on that one. No, me too. Honestly, I was optimistic about it for a second. It sounded good. You know, because I can imagine how that would be mm-hmm. a couple who wants to have children, but this is just too much. <laughs> it, is. it definitely is a little, uh, it's a little bit much. And it's unfortunate because I know that the, the true essence of the reason why they thought about it is to help people who can't have kids, you know? But then someone somewhere out there will try to screw it and make it into their own agenda and then that's when it becomes unethical or how are we really playing god here like what this is what we really deciding to do because the second you decide to play god there's no turning back your consequences are your consequences yeah yeah yeah. To go further, I need to see oh, what happens oh. after this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that urge, that caucasity to want to just push the limit. It's yeah. the reason why we are here today. And then uh, let me just say this before we, if you have another question. We are talking about having pod kids and all this stuff. Yet we are told that the world is supposed to be destroyed and ending and unhabitable in the next 15 years. Are we really are we really having space for all these other inventions when we're not even taking care of the very I mean, honestly, yeah, essence of our uh, being? Pollution and everything. <laughs> like, is that not adding into the pollution? These pod babies? Oh my god, definitely. <laughs> like, there's a lot happening here and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> no facts. It's just like, huh? understand what it means to never eat your own food again and I mean I'm a I'm a oldest I'm the oldest sibling for my mom's kids for my mom why did I just say my siblings like that but um, so I've never really like had my own food to begin with because you know I'm always share with your brother share with your sister share 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 cool but damn I never understood like you know when you see your mom or your dad eating and you're like, oh, can I have some? And they just willingly share. It's just like, yeah, here, have the whole thing. Just take it. Yo, fuck y'all. Like, what? I'm going to share my food with you? Bro, you're bugging. Like, I would dead. I, no, don't, don't ask me to share nothing with you. So that's one thing that I've realized. Like, you're, I can't open a breath mint without Jenny looking at me like, what is that? <laughs> like she's like a little meerkat <laughs> so i mean you're never having your own food again um <laughs> is, this is terrible um that just because you're breastfeeding does not mean your period will not come back for a year or more I thought that that was true. I heard that one time from someone, and I was like, yeah, I'm not going to get my period for a year. I got my period after three months. Um, yeah. Or or that I didn't believe this, but I know a lot of people who do or did, that um, breastfeeding is like a birth control so you won't get pregnant. Lies. I know a lot of people that got pregnant right after that six-week appointment. Okay, so don't believe that neither. <laughs> um, and the last thing is it this is also a two-parter is how much how much back pain that i have now and how but with that how much easier having my menstrual cycle has become um so the back pain is pretty regular i mean labor is a triathlon on your body in maybe a day or two um, cause I, cause I mean, I started labor Thursday, like at seven and I didn't have Jenny until Friday at 10. So I don't know how many hours of labor that is, but that's a long time. <laughs> and so what is that? Like 16 hours, I think. But there's, so that was a lot of back pain. I was dealing with a lot of back pain. Um, so I ha I still feel that. Like, if my back was to hurt, the places that hurt the most when I was in labor, that's what that's what acts up um, the easiest. Or like my neck. Yeah, lower back, mid back. Yeah, yeah. So you'll just kind of feel it there. So um, 
that's annoying. That and uh, yeah, I my period used to be really really bad. I mean, really really like I. Oh my gosh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I used to think I had endometriosis, which I don't. But like, I would. I God, yeah. So and now I I don't have cramps anymore. So I guess that's like a ooh my little prize, you know. Whoop de doo. <laughs> yeah. So that's one thing I can say. Like my period comes and it's just like, oh, you're here. And then it's over and I'm like, oh, cool. <laughs> so that process is a lot. Yeah, you know? <laughs> it's like, hey. So I would say that, that to be honest, I, I was really excited to like not not have to care about my period <laughs> and not be on the floor crying with a heating pad all day. Right. So, you know, I guess with all the other stuff that happened, no cramps is a great prize to win. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. This is, this is random I, I just thought of it it's like maybe a little gross but no such thing as gross yeah so for for me jenny actually had her first poop while she was still inside and so I, I actually, my water didn't break on its own, which only 10% of women have their water break on their own. So I used to think I was just going to be walking around and then poof, no. Um, I actually broke my own water, which was the coolest shit ever. Like I felt it pop and like the water coming out. So freaking cool. Um, and that's when they, that's when they saw that she had she had passed her first poop. Technically, what would have been her first poop, like outside. But um, and so once that happened, which I love. This is why I, who your birth team is matters a lot. My I didn't know that that happened until I saw the video that night. And I mean nobody nobody changed like i i wouldn't have known anything because that could be a really serious problem because i'm already pushing down that means my cervix is open everything's open now so the 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 where the uterus is placenta cervix and the rest of my body everything is open so i could have gotten an infection it could have it could have went south yeah um and it didn't thank god but my team my birthing team didn't get they were not phased at all i mean things were normal they were just like you're doing great you're fine literally it wasn't until i was done they were like yeah she had she she pooped inside of you and i was like oh great <laughs> wonderful for me um but yeah i mean your sack will come out a certain color like if they poop in like if they have their meconium that's like the first poop um, so my sack color, like my water when it broke, was like a greenish, kind of dark green, like olive green color because of that. Um, but I mean, 
Oh man, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> but it was so cool though. I watch the video every now and again and I'm like, wow, that was cool. <laughs> topic this is what i'm trained in i love this topic okay let's start off with breastfeeding is a job with any job you should be trained continuously so that you are always up to date a lot of people think that because you may have had a couple of people suck it on your little nipples or that you know well i was born with breasts so i must know what to do with them you're wrong absolutely wrong the function of a baby feeding off of your breast is new to the baby too <laughs> just because they're supposed to do that doesn't mean they know how to out of the womb and so <clears throat> If you decide to not get any lactation consultant, you don't care to figure out any breastfeeding positions, what it should feel like, what it should look like, what is happening, it will be a very painful, exhausting, and annoying process, which will be one of the causes for PPD because that's your main source of feeding. You know, I mean, it's not, but like, you have to feed your baby. So that can stress you out a lot. Um, breastfeeding should not hurt. Just like with anything that happens or is done to our body, it should not hurt. If you're putting in a tampon, it should not hurt. Having sex should not hurt. It should feel good, but it should not hurt. This is something that a lot of women don't like to talk about, but we all talk about it amongst ourselves. Breastfeeding should feel good. Like, we, we try not to associate it in a sexual way because people try to already make it like that, but it should, it does feel good. So that's how you know it's working. If it hurts or if you're bleeding, it's not working. The reason why it's not working is not because of you, but it could just be how your baby's mouth is positioned. Some baby's tongue um, cannot extend that far, so their tongue is tied. It could just be a, a quick chiropractor appointment that can adjust their jaw. Um, they might have to actually have surgery to get it cut. But figuring it out sooner rather than later will save you so much headaches and an infection as well. Um, <clears throat> because your breast is like, they like to call it like a subway because it's not just like one, no, the, it's not just like a straight line. Like it's like going crazy. Like it's just, there's a lot of things happening. And so one, one clogged duct 
may not be just one duct. Like it could lead, it could be multiple clogs. And so if your nipples are clogged, that hurts because it, it, it creates like this ball and that ball doesn't go away. It can cause an infection. You can get a fever. You can lose your breast. Like there's a lot of things that, yeah, like it can get really bad really quickly. Um, if you don't, if you believe people who say that breastfeeding should hurt. Because I've heard people say that, which is crazy. The very first time you breastfeed, it will sting a little. Now, if you're someone like me and you like a little BDSM, it might be like, okay, this is cool. This is not the worst thing in the world. But it's it's new. It's different. <clears throat> I've never had any person of the opposite sex ever do anything of that nature. So it's it's not even something that you can say like, oh, well, I, no, you've never had anyone do this to you before. <laughs> Unless you have, unless someone has that fetish, but most of the time you have not. And so with with that whole thing, because breastfeeding is is such a big topic, I want I don't want to go into it too deeply. But if it hurts, that's a problem. It's not okay if it hurts. Get it checked out if it hurts. That's very very important. Um, <clears throat> how much your baby should be eating. And let me say this. Sorry, mama, if you ever decide to watch and listen to my podcast, I don't think she will. But that was one of the things that really contributed to my, my temporary PPD in the first month of Jenny being born. With Even with all of the training and education and classes that I've done on birth, birth, breastfeeding and lactation, I was, I still allowed for my mom's old school mentality to trickle into what I know now. And my mom was literally trying to tell me that my baby at two weeks old should be drinking four ounces. The same baby that has a quarter sized stomach should be drinking four ounces every single time she's eating. Every time. Not just like in the whole day, like every time. Which is fucking crazy. <clears throat> if no one ever looks at the comparison, a quarter is really, really small. That's not a lot of food. It's maybe half of an ounce. So let me just break it down. <clears throat> From birth to a week, your baby should only really have one to two ounces. And I'm not even going to say how many times a day. You feed your baby as many times as they say they're hungry. That could be four to five. That could be six to eight. That could be eight to ten. It could be... T when your baby says they're hungry, feed them. Your first month, though... Of after having a baby, <clears throat> you should not be pumping. You should not be doing anything but just trying to let your baby be on the breast. Now, this definitely does not include um, people who cannot breastfeed for any sort of medical reason. But if you can and you have the ability to, that first month should definitely be feeding. 
It's not until after your baby's a month that they should have four ounces. Now, people will always say, like, my baby eats a lot. Of course your baby eats a lot. Their baby. Should your baby have six ounces in their first month? No. That's overfeeding your, your baby. And you risk the possibility of increasing SIDS, which is Sudden Infant Death Syndrome. <clears throat> because you want your baby waking up every two to four hours is not to annoy you. It's so that they don't fall into the forever sleep. And so them waking up to eat, poop, play a little bit, you know, for five minutes, however long you can get their attention. That's great. They Their body is naturally making them wake up. And so... The feeding thing, oh gosh, I wish I never, I wish I never listened to her, I'm going to be honest, because I, it really freaked me out, you know, because you're, an, and I didn't know that your milk supply, it takes 10 weeks before your true milk supply comes, so I'm over here pumping like crazy, actually increasing my supply for a baby that doesn't eat that much, and when you have that ends up, you end up having backed up milk because it's not coming out. And that can, once again, that leads into the infection and all that stuff. Now you got pus coming out of your titties and shit. Yeah. Or you can actually have pus coming out of your armpits because your milk ducts actually start from up your armpits. So you can actually have milk coming out of your armpits too. Yes. Um, learned that the very weird way I was in the shower when I learned that. And yeah, and so you really in that first two months, you really just want to do nothing like let your baby and body do what it needs to do, because th those two are working simultaneously together. Your body, the more you are hugging your baby and smelling them and kissing them and loving on them and skin to skin, your body is picking up on that oxy oxytocin. And it's making more milk. It's ma so your body will know when your baby is hungry. And if if and if you decide to breastfeed, like extended to the point where you cannot eat, like I got to a point where I can feel the milk filling up in my boobs, and I can feel Jenny, like I can feel them coming out. Like it's an amazing like feeling and process. But <clears throat> I think the biggest misconception about feeding is that um, feeding your baby a lot in one time, especially in that newborn stage, because your baby just cries a lot. Um, a lot of people think that, oh, well, they're, I just fed them 15 minutes ago. I didn't feed them enough. And it's like, no, they could just be wanting comfort. I mean, they, you know, it's weird that in this society, we can be pregnant for 10 months, and then as soon as the baby comes out, want nothing to do with them or be bothered by their presence. And that's not the same as postpartum depression or baby blues, but to there's some people who like naturally just don't want to hold their kids. or I've heard people say, like, oh, don't, don't care for your kids. You're going to spoil them. How am I going to spoil a newborn? Yeah, that makes no sense. Like, and to the idea of spoiling means that your kids know manipulation, 
which means your kids know time. And the concept of time in your kid's mind doesn't happen until the age of four. So I have four years to spoil my kids before they can actually manipulate and then make it a thing. So you're about four years too early for me, bro. Hug your baby. Hold your baby. Yeah, Hold them. Exactly. And I mean, I know, listen, I've seen it all. People literally have, you know, and like I said, it's not the same thing as PPD because you can not feel connected to your baby, but still love them, you know, or however you may be feeling during that time. But your baby wants you. They're not just crying to bother you. They're not just crying because there's nothing wrong. Them crying is their form of communication. You may not visibly be able to see what's wrong. But, like, me and Manny would always have a mental checklist. Like, okay, her diaper's not wet. She's not She's not cold. It's warm. Um, maybe she's hungry. Maybe she's just uncomfortable with this position. She doesn't like it. Maybe, we, you know, she was in the room where it was nice and dark, and then we brought her to the living room. It was a lot brighter. Probably too quick of a transition for her. Maybe there's too much noise. Maybe the, maybe the smell, like we used to burn a lot of incense and candles. Maybe she didn't like that. You never know. Just because it's normal for you, however your environment is, the, your baby was just stuck in the warmest womb of their life, and now they're out in the open. You have to kind of replicate that womb for them for the first four months. After that, then we can talk about other things, but you know, the but that for those first five months of life though, feeding should be as often as the baby want. Breastfeeding should not hurt. If you decide to pump or do formula, um I mean even those are a completely different realm as well, but just Try to let your body do what it needs to do. The less intervention, the better. And no no milk. Don't get no teas. Don't get no cookies. Don't things is fraud. The cookies are literally chia seeds and flax seeds and hemp seeds with oatmeal. Make your own cookies. Or just make a parfait. Make a yogurt with some good Greek yogurt, some fresh fruits, and put those same chia seeds, granola, and you have the same thing. Like, you know, they be trying to scam us. <laughs> so, you, so you like I've tasted it a few times. I'm not sitting here just drinking my milk. But I've definitely, I've definitely tasted it. It, ta- it tastes really good. I've had milk. I've had my cousin's milk and babaku. That was good. I was wondering why that wasn't a thing, like... Like why not? Um, because people think people try to make it weird. I don't know why. It's it's delicious. It has a natural sweetness to it. Um, I'm trying to see what kind of have you. Mm, it's like putting a like a light a light honey in some milk. Like you know, it's just just sweet enough, but it's not like if you put sugar in it. Like where it's like sweet, you know, it's good and it's nice and thick. It's not, I like it. 
I've had Manny try it. I've had my sister try it. Um, if you're having sex, like I've had, we've had sex and like about to orgasm and like my milk would squirt out. It's really fun. Yeah. I can actually squirt it out on command. I've done that. Questions about boobs like that. Yep. Like, it's, do you, um, like when you're feeding and stuff, right? Or just like anytime, when you squeeze, it pumps out more milk, like a boob? Mm hmm. Wow. Yeah, it's actually then, great to do that so you can help let it come down. Uh, mm hmm. Mm hmm. <laughs> and then, <laughs> my other question was, um, I mean, obviously, it's not leaking all the time. So, like, other is there anything that you do? Like, for example, let's say you just got feeding Jenny, but you did it real fast and you want to go out. So, is it it's still leaking? No. For the first, let me see. How long? How long was I leaking for? I think for the first three months, <laughs> I was wearing I was wearing nipple pads because of leaking. But it's, once again, your body's not, this, your breast milk schedule hasn't been, is not in yet. Like, it's not finalized. Once you and your baby have a routine, and that's like after four months, you don't leak anymore. Now, if there has been too many moments where Jenny is feeding and she's feeding, and like in the middle of her like sucking it out, she'll move her head, like it'll still keep coming out. <laughs> but then it'll stop because it needs that consistent um pull. Yeah. Um but if it was like in mid pull, like it's gonna give out whatever left it had. <laughs> um but yeah, after after a few months, normally you would stop leaking. I did have a friend who up until a year she still leaked. Um, and so there's different ways that you can collect it. You can use a hot dog, which I, I love and I used for those first few months when I was leaking. Um, and that's like a, it's, it's, they call it a manual pump, but it's not really a pump. It's almost like a suction cup and you just place it on your titty and it'll just collect whatever let down. They have one that's more of like hands-free. So you can just kind of like put your titty in a pocket and it'll just collect all the milk. Um, and that's really great, especially for like sleeping. Cause I mean, I don't know how many nights I've woken up and the whole bed is wet. Cause like I leaked on one side or something. Um, yeah, those would just be like uncomfortable. Cause you wake up and you're like, it's so wet. <laughs> And since it's a little sweet, it's like kind of sticky. It's <laughs> it was the worst. But <laughs> I... so would that happen like if you slept on your stomach? Like when you slept on your stomach, you just oh yeah, on yeah, hell yeah, because you're kind of pressing on it, so it just like yeah. slowly seeps. Or if wow. she's feeding, because like we 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 co sleep, so like if she was feeding on one side and then the other side just didn't get any love it will start leaking on its own. Like, it will just leak little by little. And then throughout the night, I'm not, you know, it will just leak forever. <laughs> I'm happy you mentioned that, because this is actually something I've never heard of anywhere in my life. Really? Nobody has ever talked to me about, um, I mean, I mean, obviously we can see that <laughs> that boobs leak, but, like, 
Oh, and one thing that no one mentioned to me is that your boot, you, you can actually start leaking while you're pregnant. I actually started leaking claustrum while I was pregnant. It started, I will never forget this. It started at my 17, 17 weeks. And the only reason why I noticed is because I saw like these crystals on my nipples and I'm like, what is my nipples that dry that I got fucking crystals? And Lord and behold, I'm literally leaking milk. And for some women, it happens on and off. But for me, the second it started happening, it, I, I, had, I had that until I gave birth. And it wasn't a lot. Like, it would happen here and there. I could make it happen on command. Um, but it wouldn't be a lot of milk. But you can actually um, collect that, like, with a syringe. And you can put it in something, and that will be... You can use... You could freeze that and use that later on, if you collect enough of it. Okay. So, that's, that's another thing. And that doesn't affect your milk supply. Like, it leaking earlier, because I used to think that, like... I'm not going to have no milk left. Mm -hmm. No. Oh, and also another thing <laughs> is that breast size does not, just because you think you have smaller boobs doesn't mean you might have, it doesn't mean anything. Your baby will determine. Yeah, because I used to think like, oh, my boobs is big. I'm about to have mesh. No, this, this girl I knew who had smaller boobs than me, she was the one that was always leaking. And I'm like, damn, bro. <laughs> you know, so breast size does not matter with anything. Your body will, is determined by your baby. So if your baby's just an eater, and she had a boy. So, you know, they say boys typically eat more. But <laughs> so that, that, that was, those are some of the things that I wish I knew too. <laughs> And it's also, it's one of those things, honestly, if no one brought it up, I wouldn't bring it up neither, you know? I think that's... That's why I would need that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And my next question is, so, um, when growing up, I always thought that school kind of started with pre-K around four or five um, that is actually where um, <laughs> I started school at four, and then uh, since so we're in America, you know, kindergarten, and you know, so on and so forth. But we, but you know, I've been seeing kids like going to school earlier and earlier, and even now, I'm seeing kids like they're speaking even at one, and I'm like so shocked. <laughs> I'm like, wow, I'm, like is either a genius or something is not. I don't know. Something is not happening. So, what? Do you think your child should go to school? That is a really great question. So I had to actually look up what is the school age for America. Um, every and apparently every state defines it differently. Um, in your state of California, they define school age um as six. 
But I say five and six because if you have a late birthday, you know, you got some five-year-olds. But that's first grade. So technically, yes, so technically in America, your kids do not have to go to preschool or kindergarten. They can just go right into first grade. However, <clears throat> not a lot of people can afford to just not send their kids somewhere. And so what has happened is a lot of daycare centers have merged or been formalized into schools. So before you would have basically just a big babysitting service and a bunch of people's kids would come in and they won't learn anything. You know, they'd be taken care of, they might have the TV on, but it wasn't school or it wasn't a school-like facility. And so now you're having these daycare centers because that's technically what they are, provide more and more for kids. And then you have actual schools for, like, kids as young as nine months. I think, yeah. Yeah, there's places that you can send your kids as young as, as some can be six months, too. Um, like real school, not, not like the old teacher baby have swim type. <laughs> well, no, not not school. I think well, if we're going to talk about school, it's definitely six. That's the age. By law, your child, if you're not homeschooling, should be in school. Well, not should be. Your child has to be in school by six. But they can start learning by nine months. Yes. And that's the thing with school because we're homeschooling. And so... Oh, wow, that's great. Yes. As well, as long as, yeah, no, yeah, exactly. If she decides, if she tells me, hey, I want to go to school, bye. I'm going to see how it works for you, girl, but. <laughs> okay, but um, so teaching, and as a retired teacher, I always said teaching starts before you were even born, really, like, how, the things that I, I said to myself while I was pregnant, that I said to her while I was pregnant, the things that I, I would whisper affirmations to her every night, we have, we have things that we say, you know, like, the, the things that we do in our household every day prepares us for school, um, and so, I mean, Jenny now at 14 months, she understands Creole. She knows how to, if you tell her to come, she can come. If you tell her if she's hungry, she knows, she knows where her mouth is, her tongue, her, you know, like, so she's, she's, she's a bilingual child at 14 months. And, you know, there's no, just because she reaches six doesn't mean like, okay, well then my, my job stops. Cause I've, a lot of parents tend to think that, like, oh, well, now you go to school, that's their business. No. You still have to teach them and everything. And so, but definitely six is school age. Kindergarten is become, is they're trying to mandate kindergarten so that your kids have to go to kindergarten too. But it's not, it's not mandatory. I know people who never went to kindergarten. Yeah, or like they skipped the whole thing. They didn't go to preschool, kindergarten, and they just they're here in first grade. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. Well, I can't say it's crazy. It's 
It is. child's a bully that means i i didn't do everything right so i have to figure out what i what did i do because anyone acting out is a sign of some form of trauma or something is wrong kids especially adolescents under the age of 14 don't just act out for fun. Like there's the, you know, we may not, I always say we may not respect the reason why they act out. We may not care for the reason why they act out. And we may not really understand the reason, but there is a reason. And so if my poor baby, Genevieve, <laughs> decided that she wanted to be a bully, I have to figure out if I'm her bully because there's something in her that's feeling trapped and insecure that she needs to have released that the, her own, her in her mind, the way that she can do that is if she gives people the same thing that she's receiving. And so uh, there's different kinds of bullies. There's bullies that will physically hurt you. I've been bullied, but I've, it was always with words. And so when I look at those people's, or when I went to their houses and I saw how their parents spoke to them, it started to make sense why they spoke to people like that. When you don't pour love or kindness or affirmations and motivational words to your, into your child, someone else will pour in whatever they feel like your child needs to hear. And even if you've never seen good, you know that something is wrong. Or you know that, you know, it shouldn't feel like this. And so if Jenny was to be a bully, it, it, that's a lot of me I have to recognize and I have to figure out, okay, clearly I'm not doing something wrong. What is that? Where am I lacking? Where am I not showing her that love and affection or does she not feel like she has a sense of security? Or maybe she's not getting enough attention. A lot of times kids bully because that's the only time someone is paying attention to them. Yeah. Sometimes it's not even really that deep. It's just, hey, no one says hi to me. No one 
asks me how my day is, or you, you may ask, but you don't really care. You know, and so I I know that if I punch somebody, you're gonna care, so I'm gonna punch somebody then. You know, and so it would definitely take a lot of me to work on whatever I'm dealing with and what, what I'm doing because our kids are an example of how we raise them. Yeah. We can't, you can't sit and say, well, I don't know what happened to them. They were fine. What the fuck you mean? If they were fine, they wouldn't be killing people. Yeah. If they were so fine, they wouldn't be bullying people or they wouldn't be mean or they wouldn't be hateful or they wouldn't be racist. If you did everything so fine, why do we still have a problem? So something wasn't fine. You know, you, whatever you thought you did good isn't good. And that's the part about parenting that I've always known as a teacher to, to do, but it takes a lot of time to come into and see yourself from the outside. Like, okay, what is wrong with me? Because being a parent will really show your ass. Like, if you, whatever you thought you could hide from the world, your kids will make you see it. And that's why a lot of people dislike their kids or they don't they don't show love to their kids because, you know, in my example, my father, and I can't be mad at him for that. You never saw love, so how can I expect you to reciprocate love or show love? You thought showing love was giving some money, but that's not love. You thought showing love was you know, yelling and cursing or whatever, because in your house, that's the people who said they loved you. That's how they expressed love. So you go around the world thinking that that's what love is. And so <clears throat> I'm happy that I had the experience and training to be able at a young age too, to be able to really try to work on myself. I had about 10 years before I became a parent to work on my childhood traumas and my, you know, my little moments. I'm still working on it, but I'm definitely a way better person than I was before, for sure. And I think that that's something, you know, if you're thinking about being a mom or a parent, you, you would want to put that into perspective. What are some things that you're hiding now or some things that you haven't gone through or healed from? Let's work on those because they're going to come out. Your kids are going to make you get those out, just like your partner. You know, the people you love the most always know how to push your buttons. And so how can I make sure that I, I provide a happy, healthy, safe house for my family so that they're not feeling like they got to walk on eggshells or anything. So, was not always 
the primary uh, solution to handling mm-hmm. situations. So, and growing up in America, they kind of say that's the case in a way. Not always the case, but they kind of, you know, steer us to uh, use our words more than our uh, belts. So, <laughs> I was going to ask you, what do you think is the best way to discipline a child in this day and age? Uh, whether it be in America, another country, or anywhere at any age. Sorry, I was just restarting. Um, I think, gosh, okay. (laughs) My stance on, so it's discipline versus punishment. My stance on that is there's no need for punishment. Discipline is it all the way. And I'm I'm gonna talk about this one thing real quick because I know a lot of people love to use that as an example. That the Bible says, "Spare the rod, spoil your child." So that apparently means you should be beating your child with rods and all types of stuff. I've read the Bible multiple times. I have looked for that specific passage multiple times, and I think it's really weird that people don't read entire chapters. I didn't realize that people read the Bibles in verses and not in books because it's a book. And so um, if you're going to read one verse, you might want to read what came before it. And that one verse really, really has like the Caribbean community in a chokehold. Um, And it makes no sense. Isn't it the, um, the Old Testament? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. But, but it makes no sense though, because it's saying spare the rod, spoil the child. But the rod was the rod of discipline. Okay. Discipline, and I should have brought up the definition, but it's just too late for that. But discipline and punishment are different because of how you go, how we go about it. I can discipline you in words. I can express to you and show you what you did wrong, how it was wrong, how it may have hurt people, and so on and so forth. And you will understand that. A punishment, however, is an action. Like, I'm doing something to you. And when it comes to the two there's no comparison you shouldn't be putting your hands on anybody i don't care how old they are and i love to always put this this perspective out there for people why do you think it's okay to put your hands on someone who is younger than 18 with little to no experiences in the world figuring out things on their own not on their own, but, you know, like, they're figuring out things. They're so small. They have no wisdom, no experiences, no anything. Yet, if we were to see or watch a man or a woman slap someone, or, you know, I love to always use the man because, of course, but if you were to see a man slap a woman because she didn't put the right cereal box in the, the cart, that shit look crazy. I, I, I know a lot of people who would have a problem with that. 
I don't think anyone would just willingly be like, oh, yes, discipline them. They should have known better. Yep, if you're walking into a store and a mom pop her kid because, oh, you touch that. It's like, yeah, do what you got to do, girl. What the fuck? It makes no sense. Why do, why would it be okay for me to hit a child that's literally just learning? They don't know. And then it goes back to when I said that you, for you to think that your child is manipulating you, your child has to know time. And once again, that concept of time doesn't happen until way older, but I mean, people are hitting kids four and younger. For what? For something that they literally... They don't know why they're doing half the stuff they're doing. They don't see how it can harm anyone. They don't even see how it can harm themselves. But they they know that they're, they, they have a desire to want to do it. And that's it. That's the only... That's, that's the only thing, the difference is I want to do it, do it. That's kids. And so you hit them for that? Now let's break it down even more. Okay, you hit your kid for that. What did they learn? That when you act out, you get hit. Yeah, and that they should probably walk around next time. And even worse, when I become an adult, if somebody does something I don't like, I'm going to slap you in the mouth. If somebody does something that hurt my feelings or you annoyed me, I'm going to hit you. There's too many people out here who hit people off of just raw emotion. And there's, there's not even really, like, I mean, how many senseless killings do we have every day? People just throwing around a few words and then someone gets a gun and that's it. But it, I bet you if you talk to that same person and ask them how was their childhood, they'll tell you that they were beat for no reason. They couldn't cry. They didn't have a voice. It all goes back to the same kind of habits. Hitting your child silenced them. In that silence creates a barrier. It creates a wedge between the parent and the child now. The child no longer trusts you. They may respect you, which if that's all you want, by all means. But if you, if you want your child to actually honor you and to love you unconditionally, without fear attached, you're gonna have to treat them how you would want them to treat the world. And you have to want them to treat the world with the same kindness and grace that you have to show them. Now, I can understand through the horrific occurrences of a lot of people of color's lives where the idea is, if I don't beat you, someone else will and they won't have the same grace and mercy as I will for you, they will kill you, it can make sense as to why you would think that that approach is necessary. And I've seen it time and time again where it's like, well, I'm beating you for your own good, and I'm beating you because I love you, and I'm hitting you because 
you know, the police won't have, won't be sorry for you. And the police don't love you, so they'll just kill you. And they don't see you like I see you. And that's a great cover-up and all, but that's all an enslavement mindset. That's a that's the slave master mindset. To control someone and keep them under you. I don't want Genevieve to fear me. I would love for her to respect me, but I don't want her to respect me out of the fear of getting popped. I want her to feel comfortable enough to voice her opinion in a respectful way. Why? Because I'm going to teach her how to do that. I'm going, you know, and that's, and a lot of Haitians and Caribbeans, they never see, like, I hate when people be like, well, I got hit as a child and it's nothing wrong with me. Girl, you have anxiety. You have imposter syndrome. You, or exactly people pleasing, which is even worse. A lot of us have people pleasing syndrome because <laughs> yeah. it should be a syndrome if it's not. Mm-hmm. A lot of us are literally we 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 have other little vices and habits because I can't just be calm. I'm always on edge. I always feel like somebody's watching me, or I I gotta be on my best behavior because I don't know. Or I, I don't know how to stand up for myself. I'm more, you know, it's it's a diff, it's one thing to be shy. It's another thing to be crippled in your shyness. It's created in anxiety. And that's the things that no one ever talks about. Like, or you have anger issues. You explode at the little little minor in- occurrences in your life. You don't know how to apologize to people. You walk away from arguments because it's not going your way. You leave conversations when it, do, it no longer pleases you or satisfies you. You don't explain things to people. You expect for people to know what you think. Those are problems. And I always tell people, just because it's normal doesn't mean it's okay. There was a lot of things that used to be normal. Did not make them okay. So just because you think you turned out normal, though you didn't, because I can see you're not normal. Exactly. No, exactly. But that's also it's like it's like um not it's not Stockholm syndrome. Is it Stockholm? Yeah, it's like Stockholm syndrome. You know, you end up falling in love and having empathy for your captors. Yeah. And it makes sense because you, as children especially, and that's that inner child trying to justify why someone who says they love me may have hurt me. And that's where you start seeing, like, you're really not okay. Because I remember even on TikTok, I seen that video, a video of someone asking this one time, and one of the comments was like, I got hit with a with a switch because I asked a question one time and I turned out okay. Are you really trying to justify that it was okay for your parents to hit you with a a a freaking DVD cable cord because you asked a question? Let's just start there. You felt like that was okay? 
And then, are you trying to say that it's okay to do to other people? And then, are you saying that now, as an adult, you are okay? If you were so okay about it, why do you remember that moment so well? Why, why is it so trapped in your mind that you, every time you can, you want other people to know it happened to you? It was okay. Why does it matter? Because it wasn't okay. You know it wasn't okay. When it happened, it wasn't okay. Yet, of course, especially in this, like, I feel like in this generation, which is a good and a bad thing, we try to make light of every situation. Like, well, man, you know, we try to compare who got beat with which worst item. What, what, what was the dumbest thing you ever got beat for? What was the weirdest position your parents put you in to prepare you for beating? How crazy are we to be talking about things like this? Like it's like it's like we asking what kind of chicken you want on your 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 pizza. Like I remember me and my friends literally used to compare beatings. Like, man, I got it worse. No, nah, man, I got it worse. Like, nigga, we all got it worse. <laughs> this is not a game. Like we're playing a game here. <laughs> and it's not, you know, and of course, if you don't laugh at it, you might just break. But at what point do we realize that it's just not funny? That's not really a joke. It's not because, like, every kid, most like every kid has, like, especially Okay, bro, I got beat for asking my mom if I can sleep over somewhere. What? And then she beat my sister so that my sister won't ever ask. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. And to this day, like, I will ask her, like, why did you do that? And you know what's her response? Well, did you ever ask again? I said, oh! oh. Hey! That's shit. I said, damn! Just like that? <laughs> wow. And, like, me and my mom, luckily, we have amazing conversations. Like, I can actually talk to her like this. And, like, you know, because she knows my background and stuff. But a lot of times, and, like, I'll put myself back in her place back then. Mm-hmm. I'm not justifying what she did. But I can understand with everything she had to do, how it could have been easier to just get frustrated. She was a a single parent of two kids under two. We had just come from Haiti. My father decided not to do, like, I mean, it, it was a lot, basically. I mean, we were running around here looking like Trump's worst enemy, if you can catch my hit. Okay. okay, so we was, you know, and to do all of that in New York, my mom did not have a single ounce of family up there. And, and you know, like, so I can That's see exactly. Yeah. And so I could see how something you know in 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 all of the other chaos that you're having to deal with which is also a problem parents you're not invincible your kids can see that you're hurting or that you're broken or that something's wrong 
it's not, you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell Jenny every single ounce of, like, oh, yeah, me and your papa is fighting and we did this. No, of course not. There's still some level of, okay, this is none of your business. But I'm not going to be like, oh, everything's fine because now I'm building up a liar. And I'm gaslighting you because I'm making you, I'm making you go against your natural sense of empathy to want to fix something. Or, you know, you know how many times you doubt, like, well, at least for me, like I would doubt myself or like, I would be like, man, like, you know, when you get that gut feeling and you're like, nah, I'm just like, I'm bugging, but you usually be right. Yeah, I know that most of the time, me doubting my gut is because someone told me that, like, you know, you lying to my face constantly, I'm going to start doubting. Like, maybe I can't really tell how people be feeling, or maybe I'm, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, it's, I bring it into adulthood, and I'm doubting everything I do. Right. And so, I just, I, I believe there's more effective ways to get your point across than hitting your kids. If the point that you want to get across to your kids is that they're never going to be loved and that the only time that someone might love them or be expressing love is when they put their hands on them, then by all means, continue on with that toxic, traumatic experience that you're providing. But I know, and for 10 years, I've seen it, words matter so much. And you can change someone's whole day and life and perspective off of just the things that you say to them. And so if we, I mean, but it starts with, you know, us. If we know that we could speak better to our kids, we have to speak better to them. And if you're still around or have family members that behave in a certain way, especially with the Haitians one that always want to make compliments that aren't really compliments to our body, to our hair, to our skin, to this, you have to be that person that says, no, not with my kid. Yeah, I used to do that with me, but mm mm-mm. It stops here. Exactly. And it's hard to be that first person that says it stops here because everybody's going to look at you like, well, what makes you so much better to stop this? We all been. Mm -hmm. But if you're serious about it, you have to go through it. You have to. For the sake of your child, literally, you have to do that. Your child, your child and what they experience is more important than what some the dumb words somebody has to say. And one thing before I even end up with this question, don't let your child or your children have to go to therapy because okay. you won't handle your own trauma. Now they have childhood trauma because of you. Right. Everybody remembers their childhood. Everybody bases half of their decisions based off. Yeah. Their childhood. Yeah. You can literally, like, I love watching and hearing and reading about serial killers. At least, like, a, literally 99% of them, there's, like, the very few that grew up in a good family. But 99% of them have the same beginning. Alcoholic mom, prostitute mom, alcoholic dad, abusive dad, something bad. It was never like, we had both families and everybody was happy and everything was great and then suddenly I just killed someone. No, like, it's pretty rare if that happens. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
But most of it is, I was getting slapped around my whole life. I had people never cared about. It always, if, I mean, come on, if beating kids really worked, right but if honestly that's one thing i always wondered if beating kids really worked why do we why do we always have more gangs and more violence with kids who were beat because the ones we can always say well the ones who don't are but that's 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 we're not talking about them because <laughs> the ones who are not beat they're beat in another way they may not be beat physically yeah but they are beat emotionally, for sure. Maybe even sexually. Like, you never know. Just because someone doesn't have bruises, you don't know what kind of abuse they're enduring. Yeah. Well, that's kind of hurt, man. Okay. And so, it's just like... <sighs> it's a very... Uh, that's one of my biggest topics. That's probably one of the biggest things I talk about on my platform is how to parent... People we call it people call it gentle parenting. I hate that word, but like, you know, just how to parent more consciously and be more aware of who you are, so that you can translate that into your parenting methods. It's important. Okay, it's I love that. I love that. And this all these questions, this whole I feel like the age of three is a is a good age to start with the topic because by the age of two, your child is starting to realize that they are an individual outside of their parents. So then they're starting to see other people as individuals. Um, closer to three, they're starting to realize that these individuals are really their own people. Um, so they start to really focus on different skin co tones and ethnic backgrounds and stuff like that. Um, and then by that age, by three, you're kind of expecting more of a verbal child, child that's more aware of their surroundings and the people that they're around. So I feel like three is a great age to start the topic of race. And however you may want to start that, uh, you can start it by there's, there's people all around the world with different skin colors and, you know, it could be small and it depends on your kid's mental capacity as well. <laughs> um, you know, like how, how much of your, how much of this can your kid take in? Obviously you go by their developmental level if if they're not really seeing it a lot i'm not gonna say wait until they experience a moment where they're either having someone be racist towards them or whatever they were just witnessing it um but usually those are the times that you would probably say something um but i, I think three is a great age to start it, listen 
for brown kids, there's no, we don't get a choice on when we, when, when someone decides to not be racist to us. So, I mean, for I think for any other race, it's it's important to t- tell your kids that there are people who will, you know, because kids kids are very smart, they're very aware, and they they will start asking questions, and you can't ignore them. And so, it's all about just dumbing down the language too. Race is not a complicated com- conversation for kids. It's really not. Adults make it complicated. We we are the ones that overcomplicate. Cause you can I've explained to I've explained to a kindergartner why you know she was like why is your hair so different and I've explained it to her and she was like oh okay you know like if you if you try to put too much into it it's gonna be you're doing too much sometimes it really is the answer really is just that simple why you know why are you why are you brown and I'm peach. Oh, because there's something in our skin that makes us darker. How? You know, like, whatever. But you go off of what, what they're interested in. If they want to keep going and keep going, then you try to make it work. But to not say anything at all and wait until it happens to them? Yeah, sheesh. Okay. You know? Like, why would you just leave them in shock like that? <laughs> you knew it was going to happen, unfortunately. You know, but, like... We all experience it one way or another. Oh, God. This was... <laughs> okay, you mean the non-designer babies are going to be discriminated against? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're not designer? <laughs> You weren't made in a pod. You were made. You came out of a vagina. Oh, whoa! Want to do that? On pour? Right. No facts. <laughs> Have your on you poor? Are you broke? She couldn't afford a pod. Ah. <laughs> What is she? I'm confused. Why? Why would you want to do that? It's gonna be crazy, bro. Man, it's gonna be freaking nuts. Hopefully, it doesn't. It doesn't. Why? Right. I'm just God, please. <laughs> what we need is animals. We need to design animals. No, no. What am I saying? Jurassic Park, Melissa. Come on, bro. Like King Kong. Let's get it together. <sighs> okay. Something. They could be out here making bees. No. They want to make this. Yeah. They want to be God so bad. And you know what's so weird? The people who want to be God so bad are people who don't even accept his most basic concept of love one another. You can't even do that. Right. Yet you want to play him so bad. Child, it's disgusting. It is too much. It is too much. <sighs> oh my goodness. Well, Sergeant, thank you so much. 
Oh my gosh, we definitely did. This pod, this episode actually will be broken down into two episodes. So definitely make sure that you listen to both parts because Sergene has amazing questions. And hopefully I was able to answer (laughs) all of them. Uh, But I I would love to have you on the podcast again. I mean, you are amazing she just heightens my conspiracy theorist mindset (laughs) and it's great to have people that just wonder and want to know about the world as well all right thank you so much i enjoyed it a lot too and i must be back anytime oh yes i'll definitely be listening oh please you have to listen to your own episode But we'll definitely catch you guys on another episode in another week or two from The Modern Mama. Thank you guys again for listening, and I will catch you on another day. Bye. Bye.